Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Music of Life Church podcast. We are in season seven and are carefully addressing some very serious issues. Today, we're going to discuss the criminals episode. If you haven't heard the What the Flock episode, please give it a listen. The information in that episode is necessary to fully benefit from this Music of Life Church podcast companion episode. In this episode, we're going to help you understand how to interact with a person who holds a belief differently than the one based in biblical doctrine. We're doing this in order to help you lead with love, both to those who have hurt others and those who have been hurt. I'm Jonathan Fries here with Joel Sikowski. Hey, Joel, what are your initial thoughts from the criminal episode? Yeah, I'm just remembering the big epiphany I had right around the time we helped somebody get out of prison. Actually, we helped a person all the way through the court, through the prison sentence, and then get out of prison, and we helped them handle it well. And one of the big epiphanies is realizing that a person being arrested does not mean they are guilty. A person being charged with the crime does not mean they are guilty. A person who's been convicted of a crime does not mean they are guilty. A person who goes to prison does not mean they are guilty. A person who pleads guilty does not mean they are guilty. And before this experience we had, all of those things in my brain were the opposite. You know, the immediate belief, not that I, not that I wasn't in a position to admit or to consider I could be wrong, but the immediate belief behind a person who was arrested is they did something wrong. They're guilty. Right. right. The immediate belief behind somebody who's been charged or convicted and sentenced is they're guilty. Yep, you're right. And definitely somebody who pleads guilty, they're guilty. Yep. And I learned the opposite is true. Or what I should say is I learned just because all of those things happen doesn't mean they are guilty. And isn't that interesting, Joel, because Jesus did a lot of those. He did. Our our hero. Our hero. Yeah. And it did. You're right. Like, I, I completely agree with you. I learned that lesson with a human. Yeah. It's really cool if people have learned this lesson by Jesus's example. I yeah, didn't. I, th- I know I didn't either. And, I, and it was it was convicting to me because it made me realize there was a really big part of the story of Jesus that I just was not paying attention to. Mm-hmm. Where I'm wanting to start when I'm dealing with people is a merciful perspective. Mm-hmm. Long before I would ever get to a judgmental perspective. Hopefully I never get to that. Mm. But hopefully where I start with the person is mercy. Even somebody who says they've pl- they're guilty for something, mm-hmm. I want to take them for their word, but I also want to be merciful that maybe I don't know the whole story. Mm-hmm. So that's some of my initial thoughts. I think just came down to, you know what what you and I have learned over the last five or ten years now of of helping people through situations like this. It it become once once you do help someone through this criminal experience 
from sentencing to trials to prison to visiting in prison to getting released and going into transitional living and parole officers and probation and extended supervision. What I learned through it is the change in my perspective felt, it felt good to change that, that perspective. But I also had this really big uh, awareness that it is very, very rare for people who are getting out of prison to be treated as if they aren't a criminal anymore. Yeah. To be just treated as a human. And it, unfortunately it becomes a lot of times it becomes like the scarlet letter, right? Yep. And us humans have taken some of these crimes and some of these sentences against people and turned or created our own unforgivable sins. If you do this thing, you are always going to be seen as this thing yeah. and never anything more or different. And I think criminals have, uh, have that experience as much as anybody. So, so Jonathan, can you give an overview of the damage done with this episode's topic? I sure can, Joel, as I stated in the, what the flock episode, it's imperative that we strive to repeat back to the other person, what they believe to their satisfaction. This is where repair begins with understanding the other person first. If agreement happens, and we like agreement, but if it happens, it happens after understanding takes place. We're not in control of agreement. We're in control of understanding. And that understanding is what we focus on here. So an overview of what we talked about in the What the Flock episode is that how the strict side handles criminals is justice. How the loose side handles criminals is mercy. Thank you. Can I repeat that back? See if I understand you. Yes, please. So what we want to do here, not only in these episodes, but what we want to do in life, especially when we're talking about topics that tend to be so emotional and polarizing is be the best quote debate mediators as possible. And with that, what that looks like is always seeking to understand the other person. As a mediator, my job would be to help even maybe even two parties outside of me feel understood. And we're talking to the Malt Podcast now. So these are leaders. Yeah. Really what, like, not only does this help our own life and how I communicate with the people that I share my life with, but it also helps me be a leader to people during conflicts that maybe I'm not even involved in. And I've been called in to mediate conflicts as like an unbiased party. And these tools are just genius and they work and they're profitable. But with this, not only that approach, approach, everything with season seven is about how we approach these topics. This topic in particular is the difference between somebody, somebody breaking a law and us, trying to execute justice or get uh, justice executed on that person or someone breaking a law and us being merciful to them. Jonathan, is that to your satisfaction? It sure is. And uh, I have a question for you, Joel. What's more fun for you repeating back to someone to their satisfaction or someone repeating back what you said to your, to your satisfaction? 
Oh man. <laughs> I think I, I like the repeating. I, I, what I, what I noticed is when you were like, let me repeat that back to you. I like just, <laughs> you know, it's only took me 13 episodes to, to feel your excitement. And I think that's what it is. I think it's a lot of times it's when I'm learning something new. Yeah. Because when I'm the first one to go, it's something I already believe that I'm just getting an opportunity to share. Right. Mm-hmm. But when you share something and I get to repeat it back to you, when you share something, you're going to share it differently than me. And my repeating back is an opportunity for me to not only learn, not only express the the new thing I learned, but to say it in a way where you feel heard. And I'm essentially in another, it's another situation where I'm teaching too. So I feel like the repeating back includes both learning and teaching where the just being the first one to share i might not learn anything new wow yeah i feel like that's just that's a i think that's a revelatory perspective on you where i think i just learned something about myself there yeah if you seek first to understand someone else you actually get to do both things that you want to do yeah which is learn yeah and teach learn and teach yep Amazing. Okay. Let's talk about dealing with people. How would you handle a person who holds a man-made belief about this topic or any belief outside of the truth regard? And this is, we're going to talk about this regarding criminals. All right. Yeah. And we'll do this carefully as we have all season, you know, these are emotional topics. And what we're going to do is we're going to pose some common options, some common perspectives that these opposite perspectives could hold so they can be you know pretty blunt and emotional perspectives but we're going to use the tools that we learned in the what the fuck episode to handle these the right way and we're going to give you some recommended responses and again i just want to help everybody remember that the tools and the responses we're supplying here is not meant to help you win a debate it's meant to help you understand the other person regardless of what they believe we're trying to help you win your brother or sister yeah there you go win the person not <laughs> win the, the argument. person yeah number one if he broke the law he's a criminal straight very much strict side i could just ask this person are you defined by your behavior nice and now notice take a take a step more specific Uh, You could see that this perspective, if he broke the law, he's a criminal. You could do the same thing with anybody who said, if he's a, you know, if he stole something, he's a thief. If he killed someone, he's a murderer. If he hurt someone, he assaulted them. Any of those variations of this first option or first perspective, you could respond by saying, are you defined by your behavior? Number two. Here's a a loose side perspective. Leave him alone. We all make mistakes. Here, I could just ask, does this person have a responsibility to make up for their mistake? And then here's one that may even be a little bit more unconscious of a confrontation. Do you want people to make up for the wrong they've done against you? Everybody wants that. I'll tell you. Whether they answer the question or not, everybody wants that. I know I do. Number three, God is just, 
that person, that criminal deserves to be punished. Here, I'd want to ask this person if they want an opportunity to repent or do they want to be punished for every wrong thing they do? I could also, the minute somebody brings God and justice into the equation, you could ask them what their definition of God or what God's nature is. And then here, though, we're talking about, you know, when when I bring up the, do you want an opportunity to repent? Another question you could ask is, how much mercy do you want? Number four, if you don't punish this person, then there's no deterrent to crime. Here is uh, basically a fear of loss or achieved gain argument. Everybody, everybody grows by either fear of loss or achieved gain. Something you'll you'll grow and change by me threatening to take something from you, or you'll grow and change because you want to gain a benefit, right? Which, if you think about it, laws were fear of loss and principles were achieved gain. So here, if the perspective, if you don't punish, then there's no deterrent to crime, is saying. You need people to fear losing something or they are going to commit crimes. So my response to this is, are you saying the only way to get people to not break the law is by punishing them? And then I could also say, are you saying the only way God can reach you is through fear of loss? Hmm. That one again is not only are we trying to understand them, but that would be a benefit to them as it unconsciously confronts them as well. And then here's one where, you know, Jonathan shows his intelligence. Hey, hey, listener, don't let Jonathan fool you into not being one of the smartest men on the planet. Okay? Oh, yikes. Like, yeah, you're caring, but you're you are a genius, too. Oh, so geez. he brought up the Jesus thing earlier in the episode with with his initial thoughts, once again, proving his intelligence I should just say you're proving your ability to hear from God and get to the the root of the issue. How's that? Does that feel better? <laughs> Don't know. How, thank you, Joel. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate it. This one is based. So if you have the conversation with, with somebody where it's along the lines of this person pled guilty, of course, he's a criminal. Why would an innocent man take a, take on a crime he didn't commit? For your salvation. <laughs> right. And then my response is, didn't Jesus do that? Right. That's it. Didn't Jesus? And that, I'm not kidding, dissolves it. And and I would even encourage you to use that response with somebody who isn't even a believer. Mm-hmm. And, oh, it, and, I'd, and I'd bet it would still dissolve it. Yeah. I, I, I think that the, that the you know the flipping the scenario the flipping the pronouns with someone on the loose side that they're like you know yeah every everybody should be shown mercy the flipping it i feel like is like one of those amazing tools like the go-to where it's like okay cool so when you when someone does something wrong to you they they don't need to be punished someone does something wrong to someone that they that you love they don't need to be punished it's like if you were on the loose side, Joel, it's just why well, I would just talk about Jack. Right. Yeah. And then it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, whoa. hold on. No, no, no never mind. Never yeah. mind. Yeah. And then and then with people on the strict side, when they're talking about, you know, 
everybody, you know, yeah, this judgment, yeah. right? I love, I love how you always went, how you going, going back to the speed limit thing. If you drive one mile an hour over or a half a mile an hour over the speed limit you are a reckless driver (laughs) yeah and what we should do is a police officer should pull you over they should cut your license right in front of you and you should never be allowed to drive again it's like Yep. How do you feel about that? That sucks. That would suck. Yes, it but would. and then everyone in your life now calls you reckless. Yeah. You are freaking reckless. Do not go anywhere with Jonathan. He's, he's reckless. Not, he's not yeah, safe. Not a safe driver. But he's not safe. He's it's like I right. got my license cut up. Or I got a speeding ticket and now I'm labeled as reckless. It's just so, yeah. un- it is so unfair to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. That's great. So that, that with these two sides, that's why we need an ultimate answer. Right. Cause there's just so far away from the truth. So great time. Joel, what is the ultimate answer? Can you remind us again? Yeah. Ultimate answer. When interacting with either side, the person ought to lead the other person by taking direction from God via grace in order to love them. We know grace and love are key to avoiding enabling people on the loose side and key to avoiding judging people on the strict side with the hopes of winning or edifying the person that we're interacting with. Now, specific to the topic of criminals This becomes clear when we take a big step back and we look at the differences between the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's cool how what we did really this episode is we showed the relevancy of the word of God. In order to help everybody listening understand how to approach somebody or how to discuss the topic of criminals, we taught you about the differences of the two major parts of the Bible. So there you go. The Bible through this episode showed it is the living word of God when you look at it and apply it the right way. Totally. Now, generally speaking, I like how you really emphasize that disclaimer in the what the flock episode. Generally speaking, the Old Testament approached people with laws, the what not to do perspective. And we saw even with that, though, it was for the goal of helping us become aware of sin. And that that was a benefit because now we're aware of sin before we do the sin. Totally. But still, laws are limited and telling you what not to do. And with the New Testament, again, generally speaking, it approached people with principles. The what to do, be filled with the Holy Spirit, etc. So what the guiding principle, though, that unites the Old and New Testament is, is love. And I think this is greatly depicted through Jesus being asked what the greatest commandment is and his response being to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself, essentially uniting the Old and the New Testaments in that interaction. Now, criminals, we've seen simply defined as people who've broken the law. The reason this issue is tough to deal with is because of how we approach criminals. We tend to be judgmental of these people who have 
done something against the law and especially have been convicted of that crime. But as Christians, we are called to confront other believers, extending them mercy and giving them time to repent. And as Christians, we are called to forgive unbelievers, giving God the spiritual value he needs to reach the unbeliever. And finally, the perspective that helps me the most as far as putting my brain in the right spot to talk about this topic is, you know what, and I'll even change the the pronouns to on myself. Mm. Joel, have you broken a law? And if so, which yes, hmm. Joel, aren't you a criminal in some respect? Yes. Awesome. So allow me to repeat back the ultimate answer to you, Joel, and dear listener, feel f- feel free to pause the episode and repeat back to Joel, even though he can't hear you. You can still repeat it back to him yeah, to his satisfaction. You can. You can. You can try, you can practice before moving on. Okay, so go ahead and pause it. All right, welcome back. So uh, the ultimate answer is uh, Joel's broken a law and he's a criminal. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> this has been Musical Church. <laughs> yeah. I mean, ultimately, yeah, but me too. There it is. You yeah. know, like. But me too. And. Yeah. So why, like, how do we get to that answer? How do we get there? Is is uh, leadership loving and grace? Yeah. We want to take direction from God. We're we're trying to confront believers, forgive unbelievers. We're trying to do the words of Jesus as we're interacting in any context. Yeah, because he he led, you know, when it comes to criminals. The difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament, Jesus is an amazing example because he led both with achieve gain. Here's the benefit. Here's the principle. Or here's the thing that you're going to lose if you don't do that. Yeah. He offered, he fulfilled the law. So he presented both Old Testament and New Testament perspectives that helped fulfill things. That's great. And what was the guiding principle behind all of that? Well, Jesus talked about it. Again, it was love. He is he fulfilled the law. He bridged the gap between how we were going to do things in the future and what happened in the past. And it was love. Now, the law was really focused on what not to do. And Joel, I love what you're saying because it was good at it. it the benefit in it is it sh- it turned the light on. That's the analogy yeah. I like to use, nice. where it's like it helped us see or it helped us um, do like find out where we were wrong, what was going to be wrong before we did it. Yeah, like the before I run into the table, I turn the light on and I go, oh, there's a table right there. How about I not run into it today, right? Yes. And principles are are generally how the New Testament is was what to do. So again, Jesus is the ultimate example. So defining criminals, what is a criminal? We talked about this a ton is we need to define our words. What are the words we're talking about? Before I agree or disagree with you, let me try to understand you. What's a criminal? Well, our definition that we presented are people who have broken the law. 
that's a criminal. Now, the reason the issue is tough is because of how we approach criminals, how people who have broken the law, especially and because we're we're humans, we like to put specific qualifiers on things like people who have gone to jail. Yeah. You know. But how does a believer in Jesus handle this? How does a Christian handle this? Well, if someone does something wrong, if someone breaks a law, someone is, you know, reckless or acting in a reckless fashion, or if someone is lying or stealing, what have you, we as believers are supposed to confront believers if we see them doing these things. If they're doing wrong things, we confront them. If they do something to us, we go and we confront them, but we don't just turn them into the police. We extend mercy. We give them time to repent, to fix what's wrong. But with unbelievers, we're called to forgive them. We're stating our will that we're not going to equal out justice, even if we had the chance. Hey, we're not going to take out justice and we're going to let God sort it out because he knows what that other person needs. And we want an unbeliever ultimately to be reached by God. Yeah. To, you know, be able to spend eternity with him. So, you know, the fi- the final concluding point is who hasn't broken a law? Well, Joel, I have definitely broken a law. Yeah. And who isn't a criminal in some respect? Well, I am a criminal in some respect. Yeah. So th- with that perspective, it should cause us to confront believers and forgive unbelievers. But love is unifying both of these perspectives and also, you know, being merciful, not immediately trying to equal out justice, but giving both people time, either giving, giving a believer time to make up for their wrong because they've been confronted or forgiving, which is giving infinite mercy, exactly extended amounts, like infinite amounts of mercy to that person so that God can work in their life. Nice. So how was that, Joel? Yeah, that was great. Thank you. Thanks for repeating that back. That definitely was to my satisfaction. Amazing. Well, thank you again, Joel. Thank you to everyone who's listening. This has been the Music of Life Church podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please let us know. We'll see you next time.